The Digested Read by John Crace The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler I was neat and clean, everything the well-dressed private detective ought to be. I was calling on four million dollars. A door opened off the hall of the Sternwood place and a dame came in. It was Miss Carmen Sternwood. She was twenty, but looked durable. Handsome, aren't you? she said, and I bet you know it. You should wean her. She's old enough, I told the butler, as he took me through to the general. I struck a match on my thumbnail and lit a cigarette. The general eyed me from his wheelchair. What do you know, Marlowe? he asked. You're a widower. Two daughters, fast and wild. One of them married to a bootlegger, Rusty Regan. I liked Rusty, he said. He's gone missing. But that's not why I called you in. I'm being blackmailed again. Again? I paid out 5,000 bucks to Joe Brody a year back. This time it's a man called Geiger. I want you to mark him. You need a Geiger counter. A flash of sheer stocking greeted me as I left the general's room. It was Carmen's sister, Mrs. Regan. Will you find Rusty? You've got swell legs, but don't try and interrogate me. I loathe masterful men. What are you afraid of, Mrs. Regan? Geiger was in the smut book business. I tailed him back to his house. Three shots rang out. I ran in. Neither of the two people indoors paid me any attention, but only Geiger was dead. Carmen was naked, high on ether. There was no negative in the camera. I took Carmen home. By the time I got back, Geiger was gone too. Do you know him? The DA asked, pulling a body out of the Packard. Sure. It's the Sternwood chauffeur. Somebody sapped him before he drove off the pier. I headed back to Geiger's. The smut was getting shipped out to Joe Brody's. I went to his office. I'm being blackmailed over Carmen's photos, said Mrs. Regan. I could have wondered what she was doing there, but this was dime crime. Nothing made sense, so I said nothing. You're not a gusher, she said, flashing a lot of leg. You can call me Vivian. Another time, Mrs. Regan. Carmen was laughing hysterically when I got back to Geiger's. I slapped her. I would have slapped her twice, but she might have enjoyed it. The doorbell rang. It was Joe Brody. He was packing heat, but he wasn't a killer. The buzzer rang again. Brody answered and bit lead. I chased the shooter and pulled him down. It was Geiger's pansy. He thought Brody had killed his lover to take over the racket. Nobody thinks in noir, I told him. You just turn the page and count the body bags. Turned out it was the chauffeur had whacked Geiger because he was in love with Carmen. Should have spotted the double-double-cross days ago. I should have quit then, but this was two novellas bolted together. Out of missing persons, I heard that Regan ran away with Eddie Mars's wife, Mona. Things were getting interesting again. Mars ran the casino where Mrs. Regan liked to play roulette. 
I walked in to find Mrs. Highpockets winning 16,000 bucks. It was a lot of Jack, and she was tailed outside. I spooked her assailant and took his gun. I was collecting metal like it was going out of style. It was all too obvious. Eddie didn't whack Rusty. Jealousy was bad for business. Mrs. Regan's attack was a stage to make me think he wasn't involved with her. The double-double-cross had turned to double-double-double-cross. Back home, I found Carmen naked in my bed. Hold me close, killer, she purred. Learn the rules. Philip Marlowe never sleeps with a femme fatale. The dame called me a filthy name as I showed her the door. It was Harry Jones, one of Brody's outfit. Said he had some info on Mona Mars. It was mine for two C's. It had better be good, I said. It will be. Mona hadn't run off with Rusty. Eddie had kept her quiet out of town, so no one would think he'd killed Rusty. As Eddie's goon lashed Canino poisoned Jones, I could feel a classic double-double-double-double-cross coming on. I got a flat on the way out to Realito. The man in the garage didn't know I'd seen him croaking Jones. Or maybe he did. I came round to find myself handcuffed next to Mona. You're a kick, she said, untying me. Kiss me. Her lips were like ice. No dice, the only game I play is no spillikins, I answered, plugging Camino full of lead. Maybe it was just we were nearing the end, but suddenly everything made sense. I nosed the Plymouth back to the Sternwoods and gave Carmen back her gun. She pointed it at my head and pulled the trigger. Dames like her are trouble, Mrs. Regan, I said. She doesn't like it when men say no. She came on to Rusty like she came on to me, only Rusty hadn't emptied the chambers of her piece first. And you got Eddie to cover up the killing by hiding the body. I left the Sternwood house and went back to my 25 bucks a day life. The general would soon be joining Rusty and all the others in the big sleep. I was stepping into immortality. <laughs>